live here on After the Elephant. Hi, everybody. This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen, and this is our dis response and discussion panel uh, to session um, uh, two of identifying the elephant in the room, critical communication strategies in the face of sexism. We've just heard from leaders in the uh, natural products industry, and the goal of our after the elephant session is to process this information and respond to it in a discussion format with some thought leaders in the industry and then challenge other leaders in the industry to do some deep work to make meaningful and fundamental changes. I have a shout out to Mary in Florida, who's been very uh, kind in following us the last uh, week, uh, last week and uh, hopefully this week so that um, we can, uh, 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 it's just nice to hear nice things about what we're doing. And we thank Amy Summers for bringing us all together. Let me introduce everybody. We'll start with Elon uh, Sudberg. And uh, Elon is the CEO of Alchemist Labs based in Orange County, California, correct? Correct. Happy to be here. Thank you. And then we also have um, uh, uh, Salma Fatala. I hope I get that right. Senior Director right. of Quality and Regulatory at Bonafide yeah. Health. There you go. And, and we have Gabriel Polino, Chief Product Officer and Co-Founder of Renegade.bio. Uh, you all watched the last session, and I have written some notes. Um, when I heard, uh, when I heard uh, Carrie Marshall talk about sexual assault, my heart stopped as a man. I don't understand that. You know, no means no. I'm going to start with you, Elon. How did that make you feel when you heard that? I'm disgusted, disappointed, disgusted. Um, you know, hearing all the panelists talk about their stories and how they could have gone on for another four or five hours to share their little stories about their experiences was really disappointing. You know, I'm aware that these things happen, uh, but not to the extent. And if we don't talk about it, we would never know. So, so your, to answer your question, disgusted, really. And Gabriel, how about you? Well, I was shocked. I, you know, as Elon mentioned, look, you, you kind of see like very inappropriate behavior sometimes at shows or networking events, but never realize that there are so many real examples every day and what was really sh shocking to me is like gosh women like not only have to fear men but now they also have to fear like this queen bee um so it's like they live in fear pretty much every day it's like how can you even function when you live in fear and 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 seeing the impact that it has on their like physical aspect when uh carrie and, and sandra were mentioning that like they would have a rush just from being this very uncomfortable situation and, and that's that's shocking that they're like they feel unsafe pretty much every day yeah it it, it is shocking uh, salma how about you i mean you're you're the only woman woman on our panel enlighten us. yeah Does this happen a lot yeah mark i i actually was not very surprised um i i mean it is it is disgusting behavior it is it, it's not okay but um i was really not surprised it does it does happen pretty often 
the, this whole series of, of, um, of elephant in the room, how has it impacted each of you? And I'll start with you, Salma, for this first time. Sure. So I'm actually very happy to see something like this come about and, and come together. Um, I've kind of been waiting for years <laughs> for something like this. So, so that's how I feel about that. Um, it's, it's about that time that we have this conversation and not just, not just um, you know, in a group of women, but also involving um, male figures and also you know, people from all, all levels of, of leadership. Uh, Elon, your thoughts? Yes, uh, similar. You know, it's, I think it's time we've had this conversation. Um, I'm a bit of a disruptor myself, so I appreciate when things, you know, cause ripples down the the, the industry of the world. But I'm um, hoping that this obviously raises awareness and causes some change. Even to hearing the Salma say that she's not surprised, I mean, it shows how ignorant I might be, not realizing all these things are happening. Obviously, people aren't talking about enough to to share it, at, um, you know, so that I understood how prevalent it is. But yeah, it's. Um, it's, I think it's great that we're talking about it and we should continue to talk about it for sure. And Gabriel. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that Amy has put this series together. Uh, you know, as Salma mentioned, it's been such a long time where we know these things happen and, and it's always like this big taboo um, and all the way to, you know, this hush money on harassment. And then that people that arrest other people can just be hired at the top level in other organization very easily without like any consequences is just, uh, it's very disappointing for our industry. Um, I really hope this series like transforms this, transform our behaviors, everybody's behaviors, because, you know, it's not only about, you know, women on one side and, and, uh, you know, people of color on one side, it's like, it's, it's all of this together. Uh, but I don't want it either to be like, you know, us versus them, because that's, that's, you know, that's what we tend to do is like, we always need to find an enemy. Like, no, it's like, we all need to come together and really have those honest conversations and, and, and really remove the bad behaviors from this industry. So everybody can feel safe. What was How can you do your job and be at your best? And it would seem to me that this is more of a people issue, not a, man versus woman or woman versus man or as the panel even said woman versus woman it's a people I, issue I, I if i could if i can i would agree with that but i would think it's 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 definitely a people issue because it does go both ways but it, obviously not this, to the extent i mean uh, as what the uh, as jim mentioned he had his own share of uh, harassment in his days and i have had my own share as well um, but it's not to the extent that, uh, at least I'm, my guess is probably not the extent that men to women or men against women. Gabriel, have you're 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 uh, a member of the, uh, uh, you're a co-founder. I found that out uh, in Amy's uh, pre-interview with you uh, of the uh, Naturally Proud Network. Uh, have you experienced? some form of sexual discrimination because of your your sexual choice. orientation <laughs> yeah uh i haven't really faced it as um how do you say that 
has brutally as a woman with experience <laughs> or uh, like this type of sexual harassment. What I've definitely seen in my past in, in, in some companies, like very concrete example, just joining a company and signing up for your health insurance and literally being written on your health insurance that, oh, if you are, uh, you know, if you have a partner of the same sex, like you basically cannot sign up for your health insurance. So, and you cannot have your partner of the same sex on your health insurance. So that's, you know, joining a company that basically tells you like, yeah, no, if you are who you are, we like, we're not going to provide you the same service that we provide to every other straight people. Um, so that was, that was actually pretty shocking joining, uh, joining this company. Uh, well, thank God this thing, like there's been laws passing since then. And, and that is not an issue, but we're seeing laws being reversed in some States for, you know, other type of, of feel like a, a, healthcare, a, a trans healthcare. Um, we have, we have a couple of comments coming in from Sandra, Sandra Lee, who says, hi, Mark, Elon, uh, Gabe and, um, and Salma. And uh, Sandy uh, Almanderas says, uh, excited to hear this conversation. Thanks for uh, stepping up. Uh, um, and we have others. Uh, Petra, say uh, thank you. Uh, and, um, and Pitch Publicity as well. Um, that it was uh, her, their, their comment was, it was shocking that, that um, Carrie would, you know, talk about that. In it, I was watching a movie the other night, and it was, it it it, it was a movie about the early, uh, it was a rom romantic comedy because I don't watch horror movies, and uh, my wife and I were watching this movie from 1937, and it was absolutely so sexist, uh, and I'll even tell you the name of the movie. It was The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. It's a great film. It really is. The acting is super. Samuel, have you seen it? <laughs> no, but no. I'm interested okay. now. <laughs> okay, you have to watch it. Rex Harrison's the male lead. Um, and he was a sea captain and talking down to the woman he was actually haunting. But she wouldn't take it. She stood up to him. Can women do that today in the 21st century? Can they stand up to a boss or a co-worker who's just being inappropriate saying uh hugging for example um without asking permission they they can and they should but they run the risk of being pegged as, as we saw like queen bee or other words or um and you know a lot of men aren't comfortable or used to assertive or aggressive women uh which you know i think is welcome uh, these days or becoming more welcome so it's, it's a slow process uh for change unfortunately but yeah, but I'm, I'm not, that's from my perspective that I, in my organization, I would hope that people would speak up uh, for those types of things. But I also recognize that it's probably very, very difficult for some to do that. You know, you can't just, as uh, some of the panelists said before, find a new job. It's not as easy as those words come out of my mouth. Yeah, and I, I wrote that down too, you know, get another job, you know. Yeah. And if you're a, a woman over 50, if you're a man over 50, it's really hard to get a job, right? Yeah. Um, what about that hugging? Is it appropriate? Uh, uh, Jim Jim Lavelle, who's a good friend, was talking about women squeezing his bicep without yeah. permission. 
that's inappropriate, isn't it? Sound yeah, I mean, Mark, that's that's definitely inappropriate. Um, I do want to make note, though, uh, of what Jim said about setting expectations. So sometimes I I see people similar to the stories that Carrie shared. I see people from previous jobs where that expectation may not have been set because maybe either it didn't need to or or whatever the case was. Now you're in a new position, and maybe they feel like they can do they can do that. They no longer you know work with you, and they can do that. Um, but I do firmly believe in setting expectations where you do go. So if you did change jobs, um, for example, for me, my, my previous position, I didn't set much expectations, but now um, there's firm expectations that are set and I never have to worry about anything like that happening. Um, does that make sense? Yes, yes. Yeah. Can I comment on the hugging? Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm a hugger uh, and I, I, you know, the times have changed and I do, recognize that I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a hugger and I have to be careful because some people are not hugger throughout the pandemic. Obviously everything changed, uh, around hugging. Um, but I, these days I say, you know, are you accepting hugs? Uh, and to date, no one said no, uh, except for one person. And I think it was because of COVID, but now I wonder, you know, re retrospectively, would they be comfortable saying no? So I think we've got to be careful. Um, hugging is amazing, <laughs> especially, yeah. you know, when, when you're seeing old friends uh, and I'm, you know, friendly with old employees. Uh, Carrie's old story was terrifying thinking about that. So, you know, oh, hang on. Yeah, hang on. I do have something to say on that for you. So, I mean, her story was that the, that this individual came and hugged her directly. Nobody else. So yeah. that's a different scenario than if you're a hugger. I'm a hugger, yeah. too. In, in certain scenarios, that's fine. You're going to hug everybody. You're going to say hello. But right. when you ostracize one person and it kind of feels a little creepy, right. if I, if I yeah. should say, yeah, that's different. Yeah. I guess my point is that just from this, you know, hour and 14 minutes I spent on this um, topic, I'm, I'm rethinking my, my personal policy of hugging because what if someone's not comfortable saying no to a hug and suddenly I'm, you know, now we're embracing and that's an uncomfortable situation for, for them and then in the future for me, of course. So um, thanks to Pitch Publicity for putting this on. I've already learned something really good. <laughs> Right. And Gabriel, how about you? What are you? What's your take on that? I, I mean, I have to agree with Zilan. I'm also a hugger, but that's a new thing because before moving to the U.S., I was definitely not. That's very strange behavior. <laughs> moving into this country and like people hugging is like very, like it's really like uh, entering someone's private space, right? Um, not that that French with their kiss is even better, but you know that's the same thing in France. Like a lot of like men would go straight to like kiss woman on the cheeks and, and in a professional setting it's like is that appropriate um and but i you know i agree it's like now i'm thinking like oh who do i hug it's like yeah i should probably ask before i hug but usually i would hug obviously you know close friends in the industry i'm not i was shocked to hear like oh this first interaction and off we go we hug that's that's so awkward there are there are companies um, that that are that deny that there's any sex sex uh, sexism issues, and that's hard to believe. I think after you know studying and researching this with Amy the last couple of weeks as we prepared, do you think that that's possible for a company to be either so totally unaware? that there is sexism happening in their company or they're so on top of it that they've, they, 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 they've put their thumb down. Entirely. 
I mean, my, my personal experience, I've only really worked for my own company for 27 years and we have 43 people. Uh, but yeah, it is entirely possible that you could be unaware from the top down um, or like you said, put your thumb uh, on it. It really, you know, it, sometimes it comes from the top that, and if the top is um, the exec team or whoever makes it up is, you know, known for acting inappropriately, it's going to be rampant throughout the company. And yeah. Selma, how about you? I don't think, yeah, I don't think um, that a company would definitely not just completely be oblivious to it. I think that might be um, a, a stance that they're taking or some some yeah. some lack of some piece in, in their HR or, you know, just um, just that piece is missing. Um, but uh, or or they're protecting the company. So, they, you know, they're just they'd rather out of sight, out of mind and, and not deal with it. That's uh, what I think on that. Suzanne Sheldon says says something that I think is 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 really interesting. She says it's so telling that the men that us, uh, the three of us are shocked that women deal with assault and harassment or the fear of it all the time. Uh, so this demonstrates that we should never stop pointing it out. And I have to agree with Suzanne. It's not so much that I'm was shocked. It's just anytime I hear this, it's shocking. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What sh what shocked me also is uh, is that we like it sounds like we can't even trust the HR departments in our own companies because they will automatically you know protect the company, and if uh, from the top leadership those behaviors are absolutely acceptable, and then they can just jump from one company to the other and hold HR. Uh, like under their basically umbrella um, to protect themselves. That that is a it's almost an organizational structure. It's like it does HR should report directly to CEO or be this like independent that is there to protect the employees or and and the company as well because nobody wants to have a story about their company and their sexual harassment. Like that's right. not good publicity. Uh, so it really starts at the, you know, at the leadership level. If those behaviors are happening in the boardroom, it's hard to like not expect the same thing to, you know, up and down in the company. Selma? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it should get to the public. It shouldn't be a publicized thing if it's, if it's talked about constantly and and um, your employees feel safe enough to bring it up when it happens and you take action when it happens, then you, it, I, I feel like it, it would go into a, a, a negative light in the public if, if it is kind of stifled. So I think the more that you talk about it and the more that you, um, not, not necessarily talk about it, but the more that the, the tools are there for your employees to be able to, to, to to bring it up and the action is there behind whatever they say, um, then then you should be in good shape. Karen Howard uh, from uh, Organics and Natural uh, agrees with Suzanne, by the way, uh, which was the start of that question. Sandy uh, 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 Almaderas has a question for Elon. Elon, do you <laughs> hug both? <laughs> I, hug, I hug trees, I hug men, I hug women, I hug all things. Um, I think hugs are very primal human thing and unfortunately have become tainted with potential bad but um it's it's nice to connect with people and embrace yeah, yeah. you know yeah. cheek to cheek um you know but 
Yeah. So yes, to the question, yes, absolutely. Hug men. Ask, just ask Gabe. We, we hug all the time. <laughs> and and Sandy yeah. also says she loves your hugs. And I'm yes. a hugger. So next time we meet, Elon, we'll hug. Is that all right? I look I'm forward to it. I'm asking you in advance. I'm there you go. Yes. More men to men hugs. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Gabriel, I'll hug you all. Um, Great. Awesome. If, I love if hugs. If, if you'll allow me to. Um, yes, <laughs> Kantha um, uh, said something during the, uh, the conversation that I had never heard of, and I wrote it down, the Queen Bee Syndrome. Mm. And I think, Salma, I'm going to start with you on this one. What is the Queen Bee Syndrome? So um, in a nutshell, from, from my understanding and my experiences with Queen Bee Syndrome, is that it's, it's essentially somebody that thinks they can get away with things because they have. And so it just continues and it's a, it's a terrible cycle. Um, I've actually had a, a, a boss years back, a female boss, who despite physical proof that I'm doing a great job and, you know, I was a scientist in the lab and usually, you know, you, you rate things by what, what your percent RSD is and your number of tests that you're able to complete in a day and how quickly you can do it accurately. Um, Despite all that, I would get passed on for promotions. I would get passed on even as a trainer for newcomers. Um, and she just did not, she just did not want to see me succeed at all. Um, but she did get those people promoted and she did herself get promoted, um, et cetera. So that, that's one example of how, of, of someone like that. And Gabriel, have you heard of that, that before, the queen bee? I mean, I know queen bees, <laughs> not, in, not in the uh, in the workplace. I had never heard that term before. Yesterday, actually, when we we rehearsed, and uh, um, but I had heard of that behavior uh, before, which always like left me kind of speechless. Like, why would women be so toxic towards other women? Right? It's like, wouldn't you think that women, because they've gone through so like this type of sexual harassment and not being supported and feeling alone, you would expect them to want to support other women. So I, I'm having a struggle really understanding what is the root cause of this Queen Bee syndrome. Is I, it, and, yeah. and one of them, I think, could be maybe they just want to be harsh on our women to prepare them for the reality of, yes, you are basically a risk all the time. So just exactly. work harder. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Carrie Marshall joined us and said uh, being passed on for promotions is very Queen B. And I, I would assume that that would be, you know, there are two people up for a promotion, a, a, a man and a woman. Right. And maybe the woman is more qualified, but the woman gets the promotion. Because often that supervisor may be afraid of that woman coming after her job. Any response to that? No, we'll move on. <laughs> Elon, have you heard the Queen Bee before? I, I have, and actually I had uh, a person running our laboratory who was uh, scientifically um, brilliant, but uh, socially not so much. And um, at some point in time, it was when we had 24 people, 12 of them were gonna quit because of this uh, lab director person whose statute of limitations have exhausted, I talk more freely now. 
Um, and she, as I learned, um, I had to fire her and HR said, you don't. And I said, well, I'm gonna lose 12 people out of 24. That's a lot. And so it was basically a mutiny and, uh, I ended up firing this person, uh, and after some reflection and research, I did come across, this is many years ago, did across the phrase queen bee and she, I mean, she exhibited all of the characteristics, um, and was not collaborative and was sort of suppressing all women around as well as yeah. anyone else that, that, um, you know, came for her territory. It was, it was shocking. Um, and she's still in the industry. And, you know, at this point we do hug when we see each other at trade shows because <laughs> that's how most of my, uh, former employees, uh, end up, um, as, as huggers, but, uh, I don't know if, and here's my thought. I don't know if she even realizes she's a queen bee. That's, that's the sad part. So, um, there's, I'm sorry, somebody, one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about is that there can be really overt, um, sexism. Um, Hey honey, uh, if you come with me this weekend type of thing, okay. And you'll get promoted. Um, uh, I was thinking, I, this happened to me yesterday and a couple of months ago, a friend of mine told me not to say yes, ma'am. Okay. And it bothers her. It just, I don't know where I picked it up. I must've been saying it for years and this is, I, and it's, I didn't realize it was, it, it's just not something nice to say to a woman unless you're in the South. Apparently there's a, a, you, in the South, women may expect it. Um, what about those little overt things it's, that I didn't even realize I was doing? Elon, how about you? Mark, I, you? I heard you talk about that in the previous panel. I looked it up. Yeah. Uh, that like, can we not say ma'am anymore? And, I, I, as I understand it from the internet, whatever valid val that is, it was basically based like on age discrimination. So, and then, you know, some, mm. some people don't identify as a woman you might call them miss or, or ma'am. So it's, it's confusing. Uh, it's, and the terrain is changing very rapidly. There are phrases that I didn't hear about a week ago or terms or uh, new definitions. Um, and you got to stay up on it. Um, I don't fully agree with quickly, rapidly accepting all of things. I think we, it's, you know, we, it's good to sit back and observe for a little bit before you quickly adopt the fact that you can't say ma'am, because like you said, in the, in the South, you'd be, you know, the other side, you'd be offensive if you didn't say ma'am. Right. So, you know, it's important to know your crowd, but um, I'll end with it. Just, it's very confusing and, and challenging for, for leaders to keep up with that and to know what's important and what's, what's not, and what's, what's no longer allowed to say, which was fine a week it's, ago. It's, it's confusing, not only for leaders, for anybody, yeah. I think. Uh, Gabriel, how about you? I'm, I'm very glad you brought up the topic of, you know, words that can offend some and, and just be completely normal with others. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm personally even being, you know, LGBTQIA plus per, like person, I'm having a hard time following all the new pronouns that are coming up. Um, no, it was hard enough to learn the English language. Now I have to relearn it because now we're adding all these different pronouns to make sure that everybody uh, feel like seen and accepted. And it can be very hard for, you know, not only leaders that are already aware, but like imagine trying to teach the same things to like leaders that are not. Um, it, it, it can lead to like, frustration and, and, and being completely lost in all what is acceptable and what is not. And, and I'm afraid that 
unfortunately, kind of like the pendulum is swinging the other side. And at some, at some point, we're like just not going to be able to communicate with each other because we're going to be too afraid of even yes. like saying anything. Thank you for saying that, Gabe. 100%. It's, yeah. it's, it's paralysis by analysis sometimes. And, and uh, Salma, do you have any personal uh, pet peeves that, that men may say to you? They're not overt. They're, they're subtle. Well, I mean, I brought up the uh, beauty and brains thing. That's kind of a pet peeve of mine <laughs> in the panel discussion as a question. Um, uh, that's one of my pet peeves, pretty much. Uh, I've been I've been told things like, uh, you know, you have time to get your hair done and your nails done. You can you can have time to do this and things like that. <laughs> that's awful. That's I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine saying that to a coworker. I can imagine saying it to my wife, oh. but not <laughs> not to a coworker. You know, and I don't even know if it's a, if, if it's fair if I say it to my wife. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, I mean, are you sure you want to say that to your wife? <laughs> <laughs> get get locked out of the. Uh, the anyway. Um, uh, uh, Leah Weiss says something. It's sad that women feel threatened by other women and then sabotage each other, but it's likely due to how few women are in leadership positions. So let's take that and let's talk about making challenges and cha or making a challenge to the industry to make change. Uh, I'll start with Gabriel. What should the industry do to alleviate the elephant. Let's get the elephant out of the room. He's too big anyway. Because, well, I think there's like three main things that we can do. Uh, the, the lack of representation and diversity in uh, leadership position, kind of like the main one, right? It's like if you don't see other people representing you at like at a higher levels in organization, well, first, it's hard to like even imagine yourself in those positions because you always see the same type of stereotype. Um, so that's one that companies should really focus on and promoting from within people that, uh, start with them and, and bring them up to that uh, level of, um, of the organization and then eradicate, uh, workplace harassment and discrimination. Um, I mean, these are the two main points. Um, uh, I, Salma? Yeah, Mark, I think that, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention earlier too, is that, um, as people like myself and, and Sandra and Karen and all of us, um, you know, progress and, and become in leadership positions, we are now, we now have the ability to change the culture or to implement a good culture um, to just slowly um, prevent, you know, the elephant from squeezing back in through the window or whatever, back into the room. Um, so I think that that would be. That would be a good start. Elon, you're up. So I've been quoted saying that, you know, one of the solutions to this industry is quality issues as a testing lab is that we just all test more. And obviously that would uh, look good for me uh, and Sandra and other labs. But the fact is, if we did test more as an industry, there would be less quality issues, more efficacious products, more repeat sales, less tarnished relationships uh, with the media and so on and so forth. And similarly with this issue, I think if we continue to talk about it, 
um, and let it be known. And so what Carrie said was beautiful about her, you know, having a safe place for her daughter and her friends. I mean, that was amazing. I have a seven-year-old daughter uh, and a five-year-old son, and those days are coming, and I hope to make my home a safe place for their friends and them. So in this industry, if we continue to make this a topic um, and just talk about it, make it more of a conversation, so, you know, the people who are making these bad choices uh, will sort of realize that they can't anymore because they're going to get exposed. Um, and they'll get, you know, pushed out of the industry. Um, and that, I know that that's a long game kind of approach and perhaps not fast enough uh, for, for someone or for some people here that have had terrible experiences. But Yeah, but don't, we need, a, some, don't we need Elon uh, to use a, a, a golf term? You know, the short game is where everything's made, right? Don't we need a short game plan? Well, maybe this is the short game plan. We're, we're on it right now, right? We're, we're having this conversation. I, I'm, by the way, I don't, I, don't, I don't play ball sports, so that one... But I do say I'm a long game guy. So, you know, I, uh, Sandra said in the panel earlier that we plant these seeds and they you have to nurture the soil and water it and continue and eventually be a beautiful forest of, you know, perhaps equality and just, a, a, you know, safety. Um, so my solution is just continue to uh, have these conversations, but also take the, for, for what you said, the short game. Yeah, we need to eradicate these bad players. Um, you know, this things happen. Speak up. We need people to take risks to to stand up and risk their careers so that the future women who are shy and don't feel comfortable speaking up um, don't make those same choices to you know perhaps and I hope it doesn't come across negative but perhaps perpetuate the bad behavior right we need people to be strong you know these women on the on these panels have been amazing to tell their stories um, and enlighten uh, those of us who have been ignorant to these uh, situations we need to continue talking about it maybe even get louder one of the things that I think we should take a look at as we, as we wrap up, you know, there is no, I wish there was an instant solution to this. Um, let's take a look at that. What do you think the industry at large could do? I mean, these kinds of programs I think are important. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, something that uh, Jim LaBelle was asked. And Jim was asked, what about a woman who's 50? She may be harassed a little bit uh, at, at her job. She can't go out and get another job. We talked about that a little while ago. But this is something that's, you know, somebody who's maybe older in their 50s, 60s, or beyond, right? But they're still willing to work. They have the, the, the brain capacity physically, and, and they love to work. Any solutions for that? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'm the one to speak on this, but uh, not being in that demographic, but uh, unfortunately, there obviously there's crickets now, so there's not a lot of solutions. That generation has to continue to fight the fights they've been fighting. Hopefully, the generation behind them, uh, picking up the the you know um, right behind what they've done will change things. And what Suzanne Shelton just wrote, you know, helps when men speak up uh, and object to other men, uh, inappropriate denigrating women. Exactly. I mean, there are there are characters in our industry, well known, that are very guilty of this of this topic. Um, I personally um, am unfortunately around some of them sometimes, and I know that I've made um, actions to not laugh at their stupid jokes or even like pretend to take a phone call and 
walk away when things uh, get ugly. Perhaps I can say, hey, that's that's really inappropriate to say that. And that's the next step for men like myself to speak up against them at the time of um, and take my own risks in that. Um, but for those 50 year old women who are experiencing those challenges, I, it, you know, I kind of feel like it might be a little bit hopeless uh, at this very moment. Like, they, like you said, they can't speak up. They're, they're not easily employed these days um, and uh, it's a tough situation. So it really takes the next generation to start making that change um, for everyone else. Uh, Gabriel, do you have a, a thought on that? Yeah, I've been listening attentively. It's like, what can we do? Like concrete things we could do. And with the example of quality from Elon, I was like, well, I mean, what if we had, there was a, a quality indicator for companies, like a DIB uh, score, where when this type of harassment, this type of discrimination, this type of not okay behavior in a companies, like those can be captured and 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 you know as we have a certified organic we would have a, a DIB company with a core of a, a score of a 10 out of 10 and where you know this company is a safe place that everybody can be who they want to be and who they are without fearing their job and their career and and their like day-to-day lives um so yeah, creating this type of scoring, I don't know how we would create that score. That's for the next topic. Uh, but, hmm. and then, you know, like from putting out there, which are the bad actor and which are the good actors, then naturally people will move away from the bad actors because they don't want to do business with bad actor. Who wants? Um, well, that's you know, an idea. And, and Selma, how about you? Yeah, in a nutshell, I mean, I agree with the guys. I think it's a long game. Um, and like I said earlier, um, people like us having these conversations now can can implement can implement things in the cultures where we are and start with that, um, have more conversations, have more organizations where women are together talking about these things, um, enabling each other, uh, giving each other the tools, the ideas, um, but it, it will be, it will take some time. It will. Well, we're going to wrap up now. I thank you all, Elon, Gabriel, and Salma, and all the people who, um, who, who made comments, Leah Weiss, uh, Amy Summers, um, let's see, Suzanne, uh, Petra, I'm looking, uh, Karen Howard, uh, Sandra Lee, trying to find Petra again. Uh, Carrie Marshall, thank you. And you really opened up and shared, uh, Carrie. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm, I don't want to leave anybody out. Suzanne Shelton. And uh, anyway, thank you. We've had a lot of comments, and we appreciate that. We're going to be back uh, for uh, After the Elephant uh, next week, next Thursday, a uh, special edition of Late Night Health, and our response and discussion panel uh, will be uh, critical communication strategies in the face of sexism, and it'll be uh, on, uh, the, the panel will be food, beverage, and the beauty sectors of the natural products industry. That's next Thursday at one o'clock on um, Eastern. And uh, you can make sure you're registered for Elephant in the Room session so you can listen to what we're responding to uh, during After the Elephant. Go to Invincivox, 
dot vfairs.com. That's I-N-I-C-I-V-O-X dot vfairs.com to register if you're not registered yet. And if you missed any of the previous sessions, you can watch watch them um, uh, through the uh, end of the series. And of course, we'll be back here on social media uh, for our post response uh, on After the Elephant. Uh, I'm Mark Allen. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.